This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is the sound of now on Joy 94.9. Hello, welcome in for the first time in 2022. My name is Triana Butler. It is great to have you here in podcast form. So this show, The Sound of Now, is normally a radio show. If you're new to the podcast over here, we just play extended versions of the conversations that we have with artists on the radio show. So if you've missed any of the interviews or if you want to really drill down and hear the longer versions that we couldn't get to air because we, you know, we got times that we got to be finished by and all that sort of thing, come over here to the podcast. Now, today I get to chat with out and proud Australian artist Sarah St. James. We've spoken a few times on the podcast. Last year was the most recent time just after her song Mad at God had really blown up on TikTok. Uh, But now she's back. She's taken a whole year away to write this new EP, Home is Where the Hell Is. And now that it's out and we can talk about it, I thought, why don't we sit down with Sarah and talk through the whole EP? The Sound and Hours Rising artist for March has been Sarah St. James. The EP, Home is Where the Hell Is. We've been telling you about it all month long. It came out on Friday. And joining us right now is Sarah St. James. Welcome! Hi! You sound so excited. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited and I'm nervous and all, all of the feelings. <laughs> well, if it helps, anytime anyone gets interviewed on a reality show, they get asked how you're feeling. They always say the same thing. I'm excited but nervous. Or I'm nervous but excited. Well, so- that makes sense. They're like my two... Constant states. Yeah, good. (laughs) The EP, Home is Where the Hell Is, came out on Friday. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so happy. (laughs) I know it's been a long time coming, this this EP. Tell me about, I think the last time we spoke would have been last year, as Mad at God was kind of blowing up on TikTok. What's this last year of writing this EP been like for you? It has been so full on. Um like it was kind of slow in between there because of lockdowns obviously and um it was just it was a very interesting experience like writing just <laughs> we really like overcame so many things to get it done like a couple of the songs I had to write on Zoom on my phone, but then my camera wasn't working. So I literally wrote it on the phone. Um, we've had like, <laughs> we've had state closures where I haven't been able to get vocals recorded. So it's been a really weird year, but, um, I'm really glad it all kind of came together. It was just a bit of a long process. <laughs> You worked with some incredible people on this. I mean, Cyrus is a, a co-writer and a producer. I know Alex Leahy is involved as well. Yeah. Tell me about these people who you've got the chance to work with. What was that like? Um, really good. Cyrus and I have uh, – Cyrus has been really, really supportive of me um, pretty much from when I first started writing. We wrote together and it's been really nice to, like, grow as an artist kind of alongside him also growing as a producer and a co-writer too. Like, I think we've both had some incredible growth over the last year. Um, I know he has and I think that, like, obviously being supported by those type of people helps me to grow too. Um, so, that's been really good. And then Alex was incredible as always. Um we got some really good coffee and we ate some chuck chip cookies and we wrote our song that we worked on in like three hours. It was so natural, like just really cool, really fun. Um, I've been very lucky on this EP just to work with people who are really good friends. So it's been good. 
That's got to be reassuring for you as an artist, as you're working out what this sound of this EP is going to be, to be able to work with people that you feel safe with, and especially given the heavy themes that are in this EP, to be able to create in an environment where your safety is is valued and respected. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing for me is like, because obviously this EP is very personal and um, I'm no doubt I'm going to, you know, I've had a couple of interesting relationship situations with people that have heard it and know that it's about them and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think working with people who are really um, open and receptive and empathic has been very important to me, um, especially like working in Mad at God when I wrote that with Brie. Um, like that was very, that was very hard as a song to write, obviously, but she was fantastic and she just kind of let me go. And then same with, with all the other songs, like, you know, it's very heavy content kind of made into little, um, little silly songs, as I like to call them. <laughs> but really, it's, you know, we, I deep, deep dived through my trauma to be able to make this. And I'm very lucky I had like good people to do that with. Tell me about that reaction from people, especially those who are now finding out that they're the subject of the song. How, how, <laughs> what's the reaction been like? Um, it's interesting. I mean, when Mad at God came out, I got, you know, a bunch of messages from my mum being like, oh, did that happen? I'm like, mm, yeah, it did. <laughs> um, I'm like, you might not remember because it's, you know, you did it. But, <laughs> um, but like, I think it depends on the person, right? So for example, like borderline is obviously very, very much based on my relationship with my dad. Um, who saw some articles about a month ago and it all kind of blew up there. So now him and I don't speak at all. Um, we've actually been blocked on everything. So that's interesting, but also like I'm kind of not really upset by it anymore because it is what it is. It's always been coming. I just didn't know when that would happen. Um, <laughs> and then like when I released Heather, um, a bunch of the girls that were actually in the group who did a lot of horrible things to me, who it was about all blocked me on socials. And so like everybody's aware. Um, but also like I was talking about this the other day that sometimes you just have to like mess up your own life in order to give, I guess, like a, a voice to a situation. Cause like I, 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 as long as it helps someone, I don't care if, if it cuts people out of my life. If they don't, if they're not there and they're not supportive, then like, it is what it is. My mum, I've still got my mum, so it's fine. <laughs> so mum's still hanging around despite what is, let's be honest, a pretty challenging listen and a bit mm. of a call out. Yeah. That's that's some incredible support right there. Yeah, no, my mum's incredible. I mean, the first thing that she did was say, did this happen? And I like, because obviously, I don't know, I'm sure everyone's experienced this with parents. They remember things differently than we do, right? So I was talking to my mum about when I did, when I first came out to her and she was like, uh you know, I'm not too sure if like, that's really real. Like it's definitely a phase. And I'm like, mm, okay, here I am at 28. I'm like, mm, girl, not a phase, but, um, <laughs> like, I think like trying to, you know, discuss that with her when we, when she heard it, she's like, oh, I'm sorry if that ever came across that way. It's not what I meant. And I'll accept you however you are. And that is like the, the absolute best thing that could have happened from that situation. Um, and I think it shows a lot of like maturity and just support from my mom. Like she's, she's the greatest. So yeah. We're chatting with Sarah St. James, out and proud Australian artist who, I mean, 
you know, you've gone through that thing in the past of, of having a kind of a dark pop, dance pop kind of sound, but now you're just living out your rock star life that you've dreamed of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny. It so wasn't intentional, but like, it just felt like the right thing to do. Like, it feels very authentic. So, I don't know. It feels right. <laughs> but, but there's always that thing, and this is a, a big statement that I remember off of a pop music website, Pop Justice, and, and pop music writer Peter Robinson, who's an incredible writer and writes a lot of really important things. And one very important phrase that he says is, holding a guitar doesn't make you authentic. Mm. Right? But But at the same time... What you're, cause you're like, you know that thing where people will go and like, oh, I'm, I'm holding an acoustic guitar and here's me being authentic and singing, <laughs> I don't know, Wonderwall or whatever. <laughs> Whereas I think with you, you're, you're being very authentic, but you also happen to be riding this wave of, of kind of a bit of a rock revival that we're having right now with artists like Olivia Rodrigo, artists like Billie Eilish, artists like even Taylor Swift is getting into her like mm. acoustic folk kind of sound, like, these are and she's rehashing all the the like rocky songs off of red album mm-hmm. like I, I feel like this rock sound is coming back and you're riding that wave yeah i mean it's it's interesting because like obviously um the songs and stuff that were written on my ep were written all prior to this wave kind of happening it just all seemed to happen at the same time so i was like cool did i did i think something was going to happen before it happened I'm like did i predict a trend here <laughs> <laughs> like i think um, even like Heather, we wrote Heather like I think a month before Sour came out. And then when Sour oh, wow. came out, I was like, oh my God, this is great. Because like if this is going to put, you know, pop punk rock influences back into, you know, commercial radio essentially, that's great for me because I'm releasing the same sort of thing. Um, and it's so good because it's like it's everything that I want to listen to has come back. So it's great. And, and like I'm very passionate about this. I feel like the real – like musicianship has come to has come back. I think for a while there we were um so like so heavily electronic based and and not many real like instruments in music, if you know what I mean. Now it's like there's guitar in pretty much every song that's out. There's a ton of like, you know, keys and it's it's less production based and more musician based and I'm loving that. We got to talk about musical inspirations then because if you're in this kind of rock space and you're talking about the kind of stuff you grew up listening to like who musically inspires you? I mean, I say it every time, but My Chemical Romance is my favorite band of all time. Oh, um yes. Getting a full like half sleeve dedicated to them. So, they're number really? 1. Really? Oh wait, yeah, wait, what's going I'm on the sleeve? Ah, uh, like so many little references, like little lyrical references. I've got like a dagger, um, a hotel room key for one of their songs. <laughs> like, there's just it's there's a lot. I'll send you. I'll send you a little screenshot on my Pinterest. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> but there's amazing. There's a lot going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, like my chemical romance is number one, and then I think about other ones like Paramore, A Day to Remember, um, Panic at the Disco, also another huge one, like in terms of, you know, theatrics and really weird things going on. Um, Panic the Disco's earlier albums definitely are more influential to me. Um, and, yeah, like other artists as well talking about, you know, Gaga was like my number one growing up. I had a Gaga-themed 17th. Like, I was obsessed. <laughs> so, oh, Hang on, yeah, I've got to hear more super- about the Gaga-themed 17th. Hold on. Don't, oh, you can't just drop okay. that and move on. Tell me uh, about the Gaga 17th. 
Well, okay, so I wanted a theme and I didn't know what to have. And I was like, well, I'll just do Lady Gaga. So I basically just had a bunch of people show up wearing like giant wigs and mirror suits. And um, I wore like this super long blonde blunt wig. It was just real fun. (laughs) It was just all (laughs) Gaga themed. And I think when I was 17 was when uh, I don't think, yeah, it was just as the Born This Way album was coming out. <gasps> so, oh my god, what an yeah. era! Oh my god, I know what a time. Hey, I wish I could go back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a that was a great party. We just listened to Gaga all night. <laughs> <laughs> We're chatting with Sarah St. James. The EP "Home Is Where the Hell Is" came out on Friday. Fake Us Friends has been the single that has been getting a lot of love in the last month or so. Talk me through this song and and what it's about and what it means to you. Yeah, um, I have a soft spot for this song. I actually, funnily enough, I like wrote it. I wrote the chorus just sitting on my couch one day because I was thinking about, um, like, you know, when you, when you're like 16, 17, right? You don't, if you grow up kind of not very cool, which I did, I was not very cool is kind of an understatement, but that's fine. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> that is you, me. You're like, oh, period, as we should. Um, like I, I just wanted friends and like it, I didn't even care like how good they were as friends. I wanted to go to parties and I was always seeing like, posts online of like people going to parties and I was never invited. So the few times I was invited, they, those parties are really, really memorable to me. And, um, there was one party in particular where I went with a group of girls who, you know, they were my friends, but we weren't very close. And I ended up hearing them literally talking about me. And I was like, ah, oh. I was like crying, trying to pretend that I was okay, knowing that they had just, you know, talked shit about me behind my back and I heard and it was just like it was just real sad and I thought like I wonder how many other people have experienced this like when you'd rather be surrounded by just fake horrible people but at least look like you've got friends so yeah that's what that's about <laughs> now borderline is one of the tracks off the EP that no one had heard until until Friday well I think there was a teaser on TikTok at some point mm. um, but now it's officially out in the world which is really really exciting it's a big big moment on this EP. <laughs> Tell me about that. Yeah, Borderline's probably the um the most I feel for me probably the most controversial, at least for my personal life anyway. Um but I but you know, I was diagnosed with BPD when I was well borderline personality fuck, borderline personality disorder when I was fifteen. Um because a lot of stuff happened to me when I was fifteen. So often complex trauma can result in um, BPD. And I wanted to write a song about it, um, but kind of put a different spin on it. And rather than being sad, I wanted to talk about all the the things that makes me feel. So like the chorus, um, talking about manipulative psychopath, they're, they're things that I call myself because, you know, I'll have a day where I'm Googling, am I a psychopath? But then I'm crying about, you know, something I've seen on TV. I'm clearly not, but like (laughs) I, I have moments of, you know, thinking these things and that's a part of, of having this personality disorder. Um, and it's a big struggle. And like in the chorus, I say like, he got me good. I got it bad. I'm talking about my dad. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting because we, you know, like I said before, like we don't speak anymore and writing the song is definitely something that was very therapeutic for me, but, in the same breath, like very, um, very hard and 
even even in like the first like first verse talking about like trying to make people fall in love with you because you know it's going to be good for your self-esteem like it's very very honest it's probably i would i dare say it's probably the most exposing song i've ever written like every thought i've ever had is there and you know anybody that has called me crazy as a derogatory term in my life is probably going to get a kick out of this song and <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so how do you look after you i mean obviously you know there's some pretty challenging feelings to go through when you're googling whether you're a psychopath and then crying at a tv show <laughs> how do how do you look after yourself and make sure that you're you know yeah taking good care of yourself through all this well, I go to therapy, number one. <laughs> therapy is my favorite thing in the entire world. <laughs> Good. Good tip. <laughs> yeah. Big tip. Tip number one is therapy. No matter who you are, you could use it because even if everything's good, it's still good. Like it's, yeah, even when it's good, I still go. But, um, I, I mean, as I've gotten older, my ability to handle my emotions and be self-aware, all of those things has obviously improved significantly. Um, this song, like Borderline, was definitely written through the eyes of 16, 17-year-old me. Um, me now, I've, I've, I kind of – I like to think I, you know, have my shit together and I can kind of recognize bad behaviors before I do them. So, I, I mean, that's that's the thing about it. Like, you just have to be in therapy if you have any of these sorts of, these sorts of traits and thoughts because realistically, like – you don't want to hurt anybody and you don't want to hurt yourself. And um, people who, who suffer from these sorts of things have, you know, much higher rates of, you know, bad things happening. So just keeping on top of everything and, and you know, do going for a little walk in the sun and, you know, eating your veggies and drinking your little fruit juice, like all those things really help. And for me, it's like having a routine is absolutely essential to my mental health. So routine and therapy. It's a great answer. It's, it's, and ultimately, I feel like that's the answer for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I really do. I'm such a strong believer in that every single person on this earth could do with therapy. Like, even if you think you have everything together, there's always something. Because, like, humans are complex. No one's got everything all together. Exactly. No one, no one who tells you that they've got it all together has it all together. No, they're lying. <laughs> it's all a front, I swear. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> Liars. <laughs> We're chatting with Sarah St. James, the Sound of Now's rising artist for March. The EP Home is Where the Hell Is came out on Friday. Sarah, this song, Home is Where the Hell Is, it's the new single. It's the title track of the EP. Congratulations. Tell me about how it came together. Uh, okay. This is, okay. Side note. This is my favorite song on the EP. Like, I feel like I have to put that out there so everybody knows this is like, my favorite. That's a big thing um, to say because, like, you know how when you hear artists write their own songs and then they get asked that question and they say, oh, I couldn't choose one. It would be like choosing my own children. Like, which of my yeah. was my favorite? And you're just straight up going, no, 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 it's home is where the hell is. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. So, like, I am a big, like, I'm a big believer that, like, if you're an artist and you're writing music, they're like, you should like to listen to your own songs, right? Because you should want to make stuff that other people want to listen to and it's cool. I mean, I'm, I like my own songs and I hope that's not like super lame to say, but like <laughs> Home Is Where The Hell Is is my favorite because it feels like what I would pick out of a playlist to listen to. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's my favorite and I'm, I'm going to say that with no shame. <laughs> Brilliant. And so you should. So co-writes, production, how'd it come together? So I wrote it with um, Cyrus and he produced it. 
And I also wrote it with Aston. So she, she has blown up on TikTok in the last couple months. Mm. Um, also incredible artist, incredible person as well. Just very, very kind and also very similar to me in terms of personality. So that session was really, really fun, very over the top and like lots of yelling. So it was really, really good. Um, but the song was actually really kind of fast to write. I think because I went in with the title already, like I knew I wanted a song called Home Is Where The Hell Is. I knew I wanted a record called Home Is Where The Hell Is. Um, so we kind of just built it around that. And the whole theme was like, I, I the theme, as soon as I walked in, I was like, I want to write a song about going back to Adelaide and being, you know, for me, the queen of my own hell. And that is what I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel like comfortable in being somewhere that was uncomfortable and feeling like victorious above all of that. So it was really fun to write. That's such a huge emotion and a huge feeling to capture. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, like it it was probably two weeks after that we wrote it two weeks after I decided that I was going to move back to Adelaide. Um, just after COVID, I really wanted to spend some more time with my family and, you know, rent was going up in Sydney. I'm like, oh, I may as well just go home. Um, but in order to do that, I really wanted to feel like I wouldn't have an issue bumping into people I knew. Um, and because that's, that's the serious thing here. Like the whole in the, in the pre-chorus saying like, bittersweet my enemy's got six degrees of separation now (laughs) like six degrees of separation in Adelaide is a thing like if you know someone there's only six degrees of separation till the next person like it's so small um even though it's a major city so I wanted to like capture that feeling of feeling like you're in a small town but you're just the best version of you and yeah well, we're going to play the track now. Do you want me to introduce or do you want to introduce your own song on the radio? Oh, my God. I've never introduced this song on the radio. I'd love to. Do you want to do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, introduce your song. Hey, I'm Sarah St. James and you're listening to my new song, Home Is Where The Hell Is. Thanks for the chat, Sarah St. James. Thank you so much. Find the full playlist on the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash the sound of now. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I really enjoyed chatting with Sarah. Anyway, I, I, I think she brings such an openness and honesty. and She's really real with what she shares. So it's always great to be able to chat with her. If you've enjoyed this podcast, there's a few free, easy ways to support the show. You can share this episode on social media and, and let people know that the interview is really good and they should listen to it. You can follow it or subscribe to it, whatever the button says in your app, and then you get new notifications every time there's a brand new episode. And of course, you can listen to the radio show live Monday night at 6pm Melbourne time on Joy 94.9. You can hear it on 94.9 FM in Melbourne or if you're outside that anywhere in the world, you can stream it on apps like iHeartRadio and tune in to do a search for Joy and we should show up in there.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.